0: Do you get What's that? I'm hell. so Also, You only understand train station. It's all Greek to me.
1: Understanding train station. Living between cultures with Josh and
0: Bailey. Welcome back to another episode everyone and happy belated Halloween, I guess.
1: Yeah, happy <laughs> All Saints Day. <laughs> Cuz that's the day True. that we're actually recording on. Uh, so the first of November was uh, yeah. is our recording day this time. So we're getting a little bit better as far as the timing is concerned.
0: We're two days ahead now. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's big progress.
0: So, yeah, you got you have off today. That's that's pretty cool for you. Yes, Bavaria I can't complain. and a few other states of Germany get the day off because it's a Catholic holiday. Yep. Bavaria has the most public holidays in all of Germany.
1: That's one of the advantages to living here. There are disadvantages yeah. as well associated, associated with that. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, it's nice to have the day off. And I was actually talking to my sister on the phone earlier today, and she was talking about how a lot of the Catholic schools in her area are also closed because of All Saints Day. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting but
0: yeah um did you go out for halloween last night
1: i didn't i didn't it's been you kind didn't of do anything it's, it's been a crazy couple i don't know two weeks for me uh like super super busy so it was nice to have yeah. an evening just to stay in um i'm also no not costume, like
0: costume nothing
1: nope <laughs> i'm like not the biggest costume person every once mm-hmm. in a while it's fun but it's not like my heart doesn't oh you wouldn't say that in english um how do you say like i'm not like Super, super into it. My heart doesn't burn for it, is what I was gonna say. <laughs>
0: oh, mein Herz brennt. <laughs> mein Herz uh, brennt nicht dafür. Exactly,
1: yeah. um, but it was a nice day. It was nice to just chill and have a day off today. <laughs> a for sure. few
0: years ago, I want to say—I mean, that must have been forever ago at this point—but maybe like five years ago or so, mm-hmm. you went as a Bavarian dude, so a Bavarian guy. Did um, I? This was when you still lived before in the I West. learned. And I have a photo of you. Oh no. <laughs> I don't I don't have to show it. Please don't.
1: Please I don't. Think it
0: would be really funny to show
1: it. Please don't.
0: <laughs> okay, well, I'm painting you guys a um auditive Word picture. picture yes. So you were wearing a Bavarian flag as like a little cape, and oh, then no. you had one of these Filzhüte. <gasps> what do you call those in English? Yeah,
1: like a felt hat.
0: Yeah. Like one of those grey ones that's kind oh my of gosh. Um, pointy. Um, that was yeah, my costume. That was, your, that was your costume. What was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was really funny.
2: Okay. I also had good. a few
0: years that in the US I wore my dindel as my costume and I recently had a few people ask me if that would be offensive if they did mm-hmm. it. I think like yeah. Americans who have tracht asked me if that's offensive to do and I was like, nope. I mean, at least I don't think so. See, I, I've met I a couple of myself. Bavarians
1: that would be offended by it. So that's why Yeah, I'm like... I
0: mean, if you do it in the US, I wouldn't yeah. be offended by it. Personally, as I said, I did it myself because like obviously it is kind of a costume here. Yeah. Um, If you did it in Germany, that wouldn't even really work because I do have a video on that topic on my YouTube channel. So we're not going to explain it all. But in Germany, Halloween is really just reserved for scary costumes. The normal costumes like you do in the U.S. are reserved for carnival or fashing. So, yeah, that really, I mean, unless you you do like like a, a scary zombie, a
1: zombie <laughs> Bavarian.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, that would be the only way to do that, but like nobody yeah. would really do that no. in Germany, anyways. Because you know, in Germany, it's kind of like a normal piece of traditional clothing, it's not considered a costume. Exactly. Anyways, I actually did have a, a Halloween yeah. party and it was a lot of some, fun.
1: Some videos of it.
0: Yeah, we we really put in a lot of work into decorating the place and we had like floating candles and lots of spider webs and kind of did like the full thing, which was really cool for me because I have had Halloween parties in the past that I hosted together with Mm -hmm. my roommates back then but you know it was more like college parties where we didn't really care so much about decorating um and this year yeah we really tried to decorate the house really nicely yeah we did like the whole thing because we have a house now right with a front yard yeah and so we did the thing that other americans do where like we got a little blow-up thingy Uh that we put in our front yard and we put like our pumpkins out that we carved and yesterday which was actual halloween day yeah um because like that's another thing in germany also most people celebrate halloween just on the 31st mm-hmm. whereas in the u.s people pretty much celebrate it all month but it's especially the like weekend before or yeah. maybe two weeks before i think is like where the most parties and i was gonna say placed. as far as
1: parties are concerned yes but as far as yeah. trick-or-treating is concerned no you only trick
0: that yeah trick-or-treating yes so like trick-or-treating that was my first real experience yesterday. i was gonna ask how was it it was a little disappointing, I will say that. We
1: <laughs> I mean, also don't live in like the most like I- I'm trying to think of the- how how to explain it, but I mean like a neighborhood that I grew up in, you don't live in like one of those neighborhoods. So the experience I would imagine would be somewhat different.
0: Yeah, it's more like an urban area. It's yeah. not like a, you know, suburb that like a you subdivision. Don't live like a cul-de-sac. <laughs> but exactly. We did have lots of kids coming, yeah. um, way too many. Like, I, we ran out of oh, candy wow. within an hour. Yeah. Ah, okay. The reason why I'm saying, so basically here's how you can picture it. We, the two of us, and then um, all of our neighbors were basically out on The porch. Mm -hmm. Um, and there was a dedicated time. And I mentioned this in our Patreon hangout this past weekend, but I don't think I mentioned it on the podcast yet. So there was a thing that I was kind of surprised about because as I said, this is like the first time for me doing this because in the last few years on Halloween, I always lived in the university area, like a college neighborhood where people didn't do that. There were no kids who would go Mm -hmm. around and trick-or-treat. So I just never had that experience before. And This year for our neighborhood, my boyfriend, Ben, who you guys met last episode, um, told me, oh, yeah, so this year, I guess, for our neighborhood, trick-or-treating is between 6 and 8 p.m. on the 31st. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what do you mean, like, it's between that? Are people not allowed to come outside of those hours? Because, I mean, I only really knew trick-or-treating from Germany where it's a thing that kids have kind of started and most neighbors and most Germans don't even really like it or didn't even know about it. So it, it doesn't really have any rules. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently it's like a very regulated thing here. And that almost sounded like a German thing to me <laughs> that people are like, okay, here you go. Neighbors trigger treating takes place on the 31st from six to 8 PM. Be ready, prepare lots of candy. Um, and then literally at 6 PM yesterday, the first people rang our no, doorbell and we yeah. weren't even ready yet. Cause I kind of thought, oh, you know, six to eight, like I'm sure people aren't going to be there right at six, especially cause it's not even dark at six. And to me, in my mind, it's fun to go at, at night because it's halloween it's supposed to be scary who wants to go when it's still daylight out but i guess most people in the u.s well, I think, do
1: <laughs> i think also since it's generally it's younger kids that go trick-or-treating once you're in high school it's not really acceptable to go <laughs> trick-or-treating yeah. anymore some, but they go with their
0: parents it. a lot of the young kids or at least they yeah, do yeah. here uh-huh. so yeah, yeah, yeah. you know you can still go at night
1: you could, but I think a lot of parents want to get get their kids home, especially if they're going to eat their sugar, have all that sugar okay. and then give themselves time to get the kids uh, settled down before they go to bed. So I, I don't know. I think it, it's maybe just because I grew up with it and that, that seems normal to me, but that's, that's interesting that that was like a... A moment where you said, oh, this is a very German thing in the U.S. (laughs) Yeah,
0: because it was so just, like, regulated. (laughs) Yeah, regimented. And, um, yeah, I was also surprised that so many people came before it got dark. Because, like, I mean, to me, the the Halloween decorations don't even look cool before it gets dark, you know? Like, Uh you kind of don't really get the full vibe. Um, Anyways, (laughs) so they started coming really early and a lot of them came. Mm -hmm. And what surprised me, I guess, is that a lot of the kids – just kind of went up, grabbed their candy, and left. And they a lot of them didn't say trick-or-treat. Really? A lot of them didn't really say hi. Um, we would just always, like, you know, make comments about their costumes, try to, like, mm-hmm. do the American small talk, because that's yeah. what I'm used to. And I thought Halloween would be the night where you do a lot of that, like where you communicate with all of these people and you interact mm-hmm. with everyone. But my experience was, yesterday at least, that a lot of these kids didn't care. The parents didn't really care. They were just all kind of exhausted. They had to carry their little kids up the stairs because we have mm-hmm. like a few steps to our porch. And it wasn't that friendly. And I, it was more just like, okay, I grab my candy and maybe I say thank you and then I leave. And I was a little disappointed Aww. by that because I was just all ready to do all the small talk and I always said, oh, I love your costume. And then they just say thanks, grab their Snickers and go. And... um, Oh, I'm
1: I'm sorry you're disappointed, Uh, but now that you're mentioning it, like I feel like that's pretty common for for Halloween. That you, I mean, that's what Ben said. Yeah, you make you make very very short conversation if any. It's it's mostly just like the nor. I mean, I wouldn't give a kid candy unless I said trick or treat, or if they were really really young. But normally it's trick or treat, and then you maybe make a comment on what they're wearing, and then you expect them to say thank you, and then they leave. Yeah, that's kind of pretty much it. But oh, I feel bad for you that you were so disappointed. (laughs) (laughs)
0: It's okay. I mean, now I know, I guess. I just, it felt a little almost, and I know it's the culture. That's what Mm -hmm. Ben said too, but it almost felt a little rude. Like we're giving you free candy. Like you can at least say hi and thank you. And uh, the super young kids, like I'm not mad at because like a lot of them were shy, but there were also a little bit older kids and also the parents who you can expect that from who just didn't really do that or they didn't even look at us. They didn't look at us in the eye. They just looked at the candy mm, that we were holding ready So, yeah, that was, like, and I was really trying. Like, I was making comments, right? Mm -hmm. I was, like, I was taking the first step, basically. Um, But it was still a good time. Um, I learned my lesson, I guess. (laughs) Next time, we also, as I said, we ran out of candy after an hour. So, like, it was supposed to last from six to eight. We were out of candy at seven. Mm -hmm. So, next year, we're going to have to get a lot more candy, I guess.
1: Um,
0: But, yeah, that was my first kind of traditional neighborhood (laughs) Halloween experience.
1: (laughs) Well, now now you've been initiated now you know what to expect next year. Yeah,
0: yes. Another update that I have for you that I saw yesterday on a YouTube channel, apparently okay. it already happened two weeks ago, is that our YouTube channel hit one million views. Oh. Ah. And it says that pretty big on our like wow. back end on the analytics thing. Um and I didn't see it before, so <laughs> That's really awesome. Know. Thank you guys <laughs> Thank so much you. for uh, watching all of our videos. That's yeah. a pretty big milestone.
1: That is a very big milestone. It sounds like it's a of, lot. <laughs> yeah, it's, now that I'm thinking about I mean, I guess you're used to it more from your YouTube channel, but that is kind of crazy to think about. It may, might not be a million different people, obviously, but... I yeah, mean, a million views. views. So, like, yeah. a million views is still significant. I think the first video, it would be interesting to look back. The first video that we ever did together was on your channel, and mm-hmm. that, that reached a million views yes. as, uh, relatively quickly, I would say. Yeah, that um, does have
0: a million views, just the one video. But our episodes don't have that no, many views, no. you know, which is totally fine. So, I was actually surprised that we've yeah. already accumulated that number. We've, done it um, so for, that...
1: we've been doing it for a bit now, though. So, I guess it <laughs> two adds years, up. yeah. That's crazy.
0: I think uh, we actually missed our anniversary again. We did oh. that last year too, our podcast <laughs> <reoccurring> anniversary. thing. <laughs> it was like, uh, I think, October 20th or so, or 22nd, mm, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, but yeah, I wanted to mention that because it's definitely yeah. something, something worth celebrating. yeah.
1: <laughs> das muss man feiern.
0: Auf jeden Fall. But today, as you can probably see in the title, we actually have another guest, so you got a lot of solo episodes from us back to back, and now you're getting two guest episodes from us back to back. And this one is special because it's the first time that we have a listener on the podcast, someone who, you know, we weren't connected with through the industry, basically, like yeah. was isn't another YouTuber or podcaster. And it's also not a friend of ours or like a roommate of ours, like mm-hmm. we've interviewed a lot of those before. So this is going to be really interesting. And it's also our first person from Brazil. Exactly. And he's going to be able to hopefully tell us a lot about the culture and the country. Before we get into that, though, if you guys would like to learn another language, of course, we have our sponsor, Lingoda, who is currently doing their sprint challenge. And they do not have Portuguese, unfortunately, but they do have Spanish. They do have German, French, English, and business English. And I'm kind of like pointing with my uh, pen. To <laughs> so you directing. <laughs> If you're watching on YouTube, you can see how I'm just like (laughs) pointing with my pen like a teacher. Um, But yeah, they have all these languages and they um, are an online language school. So it's not an app. You actually get classes, but they're online. So they're super flexible. It doesn't matter where you are in the world or what time zone you're in. You can really take the classes from anywhere and any time of the day, 24-7. You can also pick different language levels depending on where you're at in that language, whether you're a beginner or maybe you've taken some classes in that language in the past maybe in high school, or you've, you know, played around with an app before, you can jump into that level right there and uh, pick it up again and improve your language skills.
1: And speaking from personal experience, it's a great way to learn. It's a very flexible environment and also a very supportive environment. Mm -hmm. Whenever I was uh, taking some classes with Lingoda, I never felt like even if I was the worst in the class, that there was any judgment, the teachers are always there to help you. And it's also a great setting because the class sizes are so small that there's yeah. no way of hiding um, within the classes. So if you need someone to make sure to push you uh, while learning your language or your your target language, Lingoda is a a great way to do that. Like Faylee yeah. said, super flexible um, that you can fit it into your busy schedule.
0: And all of the teachers speak on a native speaker level. So like you can really learn the everyday colloquialisms. And it's not just going to be like textbook English or textbook exactly. French.
1: So if you're interested in signing up, there are the two options that which If you guys listen to us, you've heard of there's the super sprint challenge, which is if you uh, are very motivated and really want that extra push and that extra challenge, it's 30 classes a month for two months. If you meet all of the requirements and go to all of the classes, then you can get 100% cash back on your investment. If you think "Hmm, I'd like to learn, but that's a huge commitment. There's also the just the sprint challenge, which is 15 classes a month for two months, and you can get 50% back if you meet all of the requirements.
0: Yeah. And basically both of those options, as the name says, are a sprint. So like it's kind of supposed to be like this challenge that you do for two months and it's really going to get you to the next level. It's going to get you started. And then, of course, afterwards, you can still continue learning the language, but it's just going to be a really good way to learn it intensively for that period of two months and I feel like now might actually be a good time too because like it's winter now mm-hmm. and a lot of people don't really I mean of course Christmas is coming up and everything but you don't really have these obligations anymore to go outside in the evenings like people usually come home at a time when it gets dark and then
1: we're all you going have into to, hibernation. the night to
0: yourself yeah exactly so like you know it might be a good time to do that now you can even save money with our code SPRINTUTS. Sprint UTS it's Sprints U T S. With that, you will save twenty euros, which equals twenty five US dollars, off the deposit. That's something that you're gonna to have to pay when you sign up. And to sign up, you can just click the link in our info box or the show notes off the audio version. Just click on that, sign up, use the voucher code. That's also gonna be in the info box and save some money. And then actually, if you follow through with that challenge, you'll save even more money, either hundred exactly. percent or fifty percent cash back.
1: I was actually just thinking we were talking about how we're all going into hibernation, but yeah. for our interview guests. That's not the case because he's south of the equator. So True. Uh, I, I would like to make a, correct, a correction on that statement. If you're in the Northern Hemisphere, maybe you're considering going into to hibernation now. But True. I would say... that's on me,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> but with that, let's just jump straight into the, the interview. Welcome, Mateus. Or, I at least assume that's the proper way to pronounce your name. Yeah, <laughs> that's the no, first question.
3: <laughs> you guys can say in the German way, Mateus. Uh, Here in Brazil we say Mateus. Mateus, okay, so you put the accent towards the end. Yes, yes, the stress syllable is in the uh, most for the end. But Uh yeah, it's Mateus, uh, you can call me. Uh, Hello, I'm Mateus, I'm from Brazil, 19. Uh, I come from the countryside of uh, Sao Paulo, which is like the biggest, uh, the biggest state in Brazil, Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. in regards to population, of course. Um, I'm now studying law at University of Sao Paulo, so that's why I'm now situated in Sao Paulo. Okay. Yeah, really happy to be here with you guys.
1: Yeah, we're super happy to have you here too. We were just talking before we started officially recording that you are now our first um, listener that we've invited for an interview so we're super excited we're kind of nervous to see how it goes um but i think that's true from all sides but we're excited to have this conversation Um, we haven't had a brazilian officially on the channel yet so um i know here in munich i've gotten to meet quite a few brazilians and there were a couple in my high school but i didn't have a lot of contact with them um so i'm really excited to learn more about your country and kind of how you found the podcast um so yeah thank you for for joining and uh yeah. Feli, maybe uh, do we want to start with the first question or do you have anything oh, to add? So the
3: wrong.
2: <laughs> My
0: first question is what you just said, Josh. How did you find the podcast and what is your connection or is there any connection to the U.S. and or Germany?
3: OK, that's that's quite interesting. Um, so. I found the podcast through Felix's channel. Um, mm-hmm. I used to watch. I, I used to watch you a lot. I still watch you, but I used to watch you more. It's okay. <laughs> um, I forgive uh, you. Yeah. And, and I got to know your channel because I started learning German and was looking after some uh, German-speaking channels on YouTube or something like that, or anything regarding uh, German,
2: mm-hmm. uh,
3: Germany. Sorry, um, and. It, it was quite a good found because I, I found myself uh, enjoying a lot of German culture and everything because of your channel, you're exposing that. And um, when you guys uh, launched the podcast, I was really hyped because you guys both have a really good chemistry. You guys have, a, uh, there was one video of you guys in Cincinnati talking and the chemistry of you both, uh, it was just amazing. So yes, I was really hyped for the podcast. Um, I'm still, I still watch it. Um, not uh, religiously as I used uh, beforehand uh, at the beginning, but I used to watch it, and yeah, my connection to 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 the languages uh, is quite odd. Um, I started learning English like nine years ago. Uh, here in Brazil, is uh, language learning is a, is something difficult. I I, okay. I'm, I, I I like to say like it's a bit difficult. In schools, you have uh, English or uh, Spanish, uh, you can learn it, but it's not a good uh, source of learning. I, I know really? many people, yeah, I know many people learn English from it. I know many people learn Spanish from it, but it's not uh, profound, it's not deep. People just okay. learn the basics and they are good to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yes, I've learned, uh, I started learning uh, English like nine years ago in a private school and everything. Um, and then, uh, when I was in the beginning of high school, I decided that I wanted to study law and become future. Uh, in the future, I want to become an ambassador. Okay! Uh, wow! Yes. Cool. <laughs> so, and I always love to to learn languages and everything. Uh, so, and one of the best places you can learn law in the world is Germany. So,
0: interesting. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I didn't as, even know that. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Law law in Germany is like the, is peak, like it's the best the best place you can learn. And but the, how do
0: wait, you sorry? apply that to how do you apply that to other countries then? Isn't it just German law then?
1: Unless it's international law that you're studying, is,
0: is that what you would study international law?
3: Kinda. So when you study law, you have like two good. Uh, I would like to say like fountains of of law. You have civil law. You have common law. Mm-hmm. Civil law is where uh, you have it in the u s you have it in england you have in um, these uh, anglo saxon countries colonized by england normally you have common law which is more regarding to to commons you more regard to costume uh, Portuguese costume is a false friend <laughs> uh, it's things that you learn through life, mm-hmm. you learn through experience. And civil law, which is in Germany, is in France, is in Brazil, uh, Korea, Japan, and almost everywhere in the world, um, is more regarding to to jurisprudence, is more regarding to to writers and many of the other things. So uh, the best place and the place that you have the most developed uh, law uh, civil law in the world is Germany, Germany and France but I, I prefer Germany I don't like <laughs> French but I, <laughs> but I need to learn French as well because if I want to be an ambassador I need to have yeah. English I need to have English, French and uh, Spanish but yeah, uh, so I started by the age of 14 or something like that starting learning German uh, Germany in Brazil is not, uh really it's not really uh, spread throughout society Mm -hmm. is something really niche Uh, so it was firstly tough to find a good German school Mm -hmm. I I later on discovered Goethe Institute that Mm -hmm. has here uh, has a a branch here so I'm studying now in Goethe Institute but uh, it was really tough to find a good German school and there are some German high schools, uh, German uh, like they mix Portuguese and uh, German in the school, uh, mm-hmm. but it's really expensive and uh, it was really fast, so it was not affordable for me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I got to, to learn German for a bit, found Philly's Feli, found channel and then I'm here now. Very <laughs> cool.
0: Interesting. Thank you so much for sharing that. I honestly maybe thought that you had some kind of connection through, like, your ancestry or something like that. Because, I mean, Mm. like, doing all this research about German ancestry and, you know, Oktoberfest and all these things. (laughs) Um, I think Josh and I both have heard about these kind of enclaves in Brazil where, like, lots of Germans live together. And there's German communities and German schools. And uh, Blumenau, for example, has, like, the, I guess second biggest Oktoberfest in the world, there's uh-huh. always this, like, dispute. Is it Cincinnati? Is it Blumenau? There's also, I think, this place in uh, Ontario, in Canada, I think yeah. Kitchener or so. Is yeah, like what Kitchener, it's called. Oh,
3: Ontario.
2: Oh, so they all kind
0: of, like, I think, fight over who has the second largest
2: <laughs> Oktoberfest in
0: the world. But I believe that Blumenau actually does. Um, but so I'm actually surprised that you have apparently no connection through your ancestry, but it's more like... Your personal interest, right? To learn, yes, to learn.
3: it's, it's kind of interesting this thing because uh, my ancestry is uh, Italian, so my great grandparents were Italian, so they came when uh, ha- when uh, the Italian unification happened, or a bit after that. And my, uh, if you go back in the tree, uh, in the ancestry tree, you can see that my last name has connections with. Uh, Austria, so hmm. uh, some part of my ancestry is from Austria, but mm-hmm. when it, uh, when, hap- when the uh, Italianification and uh, the German unification happened, uh, they went over the border to Italy, so I have this Italian okay. ancestry, and yeah, is in the part of Tirol, uh, yeah, south, uh, south Tirol, Tirol.
0: yeah. yeah.
3: And yeah, uh so I have this kind of connection but yeah, it's more it's it's more prevalent these uh my my personal I don't know how to say it.
1: Yeah, your personal <laughs> interest.
3: Yeah, my personal interest, yeah. It's it's more it's mostly because of my personal interest, yes. Mm-hmm. And I'm keen on learning languages as well. I I've always loved to learn new languages and everything. English mm-hmm. is one of them. Uh, yeah, your so English yeah. is
0: amazing. I <laughs> oh, didn't really know it. what to e- expect, honestly, so yeah, <laughs> That's, yeah, yeah your English it. is
3: great. Uh, yeah, I'm studying, I, I just had English class before, uh, before <laughs> the recording. Um, I'm studying for, for Cambridge Certificate, uh, This the C2 level. Uh, yeah. so oh, you'll get that, no problem. Hopefully, by the end of the year, uh, I get the Certificate, CP, is a bit difficult, but yeah, it's all part of a... Is how to cook cucumber Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there you go. Um, so, just a clarification que- or clarifying question. Then, so have you ever been to the U.S. or to Germany? No. <laughs> okay. That's so cool. I think it's interesting to have a what's the way I should put it untainted perspective of uh, someone who's live who lives in Brazil um, on both countries and cultures and how they influence uh, maybe Brazil Brazilian culture in general. So, like I said, I just wanted to have that clarifying question answered too.
3: Yes, I've never left the country and hopefully in 2024 20, uh, I get the Austausch mit uh, my Universität here. Okay. Uh, the, be- uh, uh, the best university uh, in Germany that I want, of course, is in Munich, in Munich. so ah, okay. uh, hopefully I can study in LMU. Yeah. Uh, That's the
0: university I went to.
3: <laughs> yes, uh, I-, I'm, I-, I'm, I have high hopes for that, uh, for, for entering the, the program and everything. And yeah, I'm really excited for the, yes, first time, uh, studying abroad, living abroad for quite a mm-hmm. while, for a mm-hmm. whole year, for a whole semester. No, yeah, for a whole year, to be honest. Um, yeah, I'm really excited for the.
0: Would that be in law then already, or are you in some kind of pre law program right now? I don't, I don't know how it works in Brazil, because in Germany, you just, the moment that you sign up for university, you study law. In the US, of course, you, that's not how it works. So, how does it work in Brazil?
3: In Brazil, yes. Uh, this, uh, these systems in Brazil are quite equal to, to Germany's. Okay. Um, so, for instance, I apply to, to law, I'm studying law directly. It's not like the major and minor that I have in. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the U.S., yes, it's quite different, but yeah.
0: Interesting. So just a warning, when you study then Jura, law, in Germany, I know it from Munich especially because I have a lot of friends who study it right now or who have studied it. It's mm-hmm. pretty dry. It's uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know what university is like in Brazil. I know that especially in the U.S., a lot of stuff is a lot more hands-on and classes are cooler because people also pay a lot of money for it. In Germany, it can be pretty just... Like boring, you have to uh, just learn stuff by heart. The professors might not care that much, so just a fair warning. (laughs) You probably (laughs) already know that.
1: Is the semester then in English that you would do? Is the no? It's in German.
3: Yes. Okay. Yeah, I need to have at least B1 level Mm -hmm. for for applying to the exchange semester. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I've talked to some people that have done this exchange semester, and they said. Oh, you do like six months of um, of uh, German learning, and uh, you're quite uh, you're quite put into the the society and everything. So you're yeah. learning better, you're learning quicker as well. Mm-hmm. So um, they said the first six months are just to learn German, to get used okay. to the language and everything, and sense. then there are the other six months you are in the semester of of university.
0: Yeah,
1: that's so cool. Well, yeah. I. I press my thumbs for you that uh, that <laughs> no, it works out. It. <laughs> appreciate <laughs> it, it. it. What do you guys? I assume in Brazil you cross your fingers as opposed to press yes, your thumbs? We cross, yeah, we cross. Yeah, do you have a word fingers. for it?
3: Um, or what do you, what do you deus say? Cruzados. Deus okay. Didos cruzados. Deus cruzados. Uh, yeah. Deus uh-huh. cruzados. Uh, it's, it's, Almost like Spanish. That's yeah. the topic I would like to talk. Yeah, uh, absolutely. There, there are some false friends uh, from Spanish and yeah. uh, Portuguese. People say, oh, it's so alike. Like, oh, you you know uh, Portuguese. Oh, you probably speak Spanish, but nah. No, I, it, yeah.
1: it, it can, you can have some funny situations for sure. Yes. I mean, I think of the word uh, borracha, uh, borracha, which yeah. for you guys means like an eraser, right? Yes. And in yes. Spanish, it means drunk. <laughs> drunk. Yeah, borracho.
3: <laughs> borracho. Yeah, we have we have some funny things like people always joke like when you're younger you you start learning uh people start learning Spanish and everything. So bus if I'm not mistaken is buseta or something like that. It and depends on
1: where you are. The word bus is very confusing. Uh are you talking about uh, like a bus? Like in, in in Mexico you would call it a camión? Camion yeah,
3: camion is a truck in Brazil. Um,
1: yeah, but so that's what I'm saying. Depending on what country you're in, it, it can be difficult. So sometimes you say autobus. Um, I mm-hmm. know in some countries they call it a wawa. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that that's <it's>, hilarious. <laughs> it's, yes. it's very different.
3: <laughs> yes, uh, we have these kind of funny situations. For instance, I cited a uh, boceta, if I'm not mistaken, it's called. Mm-hmm. In Brazil, this word means uh, vagina, so oh. it's quite. Yes. <laughs> okay. It's in a, vulgar, in a vulgar way as well. Yeah. Uh, there's other words like really vulgar ones that yeah. can quite get you into uh, a funny situation. Churros. You have churros. I say Something like that. I don't know that. Uh, at least here in the South, uh, uh-huh. South America, people say churros de I have one, uh, one of my... Uh, what does it teachers, mean in English? Uh Two words, the doce de leite. I think you're kind, ah, you Dulce de leche. Dulce uh-huh. de leche. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, someone has uh, to
0: translate it. Oh, sorry. de It's
1: like a caramel, like a caramelized milk. Almost you take condensed okay, milk Okay, I was like, yeah, I
0: understand leche, but nothing uh-huh. else.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's it's like condensed milk, uh, but okay. Okay. boiled over. Uh, over again, and you can have like these funny situations, like in here in the south, in South America, there's. I have one teacher that told me like she went to uh to one country I don't know I don't remember where uh, which country but she she said oh she went to, to the and she bought churros e porra and porra in Brazil means a um, semen so it yep. <laughs> uh, wow. can be like a really hilarious situation if someone says oh I'm getting those uh Something, (laughs) yeah, those lines you you guys can see how how it goes, but yeah, Uh uh, there's these funny things, and of course, you can be into really big trouble with that, but yeah, um, it's quite interesting. Uh, Brazil is the only country in South America that speaks Portuguese, Mm -hmm. um, the other ones speak uh, Spanish, and there are some that speak French, and there's one that used to speak uh. I don't remember Dutch. how to say. Dutch, yes, Dutch. Oh.
2: Um,
3: yep. So yes, and that's due to uh colonization, yes, because yeah. Brazil was colonized by the Portuguese, uh the other regions were colonized by the Spa Spen- uh, the Spanish Crown, so it has all these connections.
1: That kind of leads into one of the questions that I had written down is I mean, as I mean Brazil is huge, right? I had yeah. what, like <laughs> 200 million inhabitants, I think uh that's yes. how, about how big the population is. Um, but it is the only country that really speaks Portuguese in South America. So, I mean, among the Spanish-speaking countries, of course, there are regional identities and national identities, but there's this over... over, What's not overlapping, but what's the word I'm overarching? looking for? Overarching. Oh. Overarching, thank you. Over, overarching theme of... Okay, Latinos. Would you say as a Brazilian you would identify as a Latino?
3: <sighs> that's... that's uh, <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> That, that's a hot one. Um, <laughs> we don't like easy questions here. <laughs> yeah, um, if you if you consider by Latinos like Latin America, of course we are Latinos, but at most we don't consider ourselves Latinos. Mm-hmm. Maybe because of this like identity of Latinos speaking Spanish and uh, having all this culture uh, together because of the colonization and so on. I think because of that, Brazil kind of is alone in that department. Uh, it doesn't uh, fit in the Latino category. At mm-hmm. least I feel like it. Here in Brazil, you have a lot. Uh, I, li- I like to call it like a cauldron of cultures because you have people from everywhere in the world. You have, uh, inside Brazil, you have a lot of different uh, cultures and everything. Yeah. So yes, I think here is it's more, uh, is no Latino. Uh, you can consider that. But yeah, if you consider Latin American, of course, okay. we are Latinos.
0: Yeah, so like geographically you are, of course, but so culturally you don't really feel
3: Latino. Yes, we do not okay. feel like that. Th-
1: these are probably questions that don't interest Feli quite as much, but me more. <laughs> oh no, um, I'm
0: totally but, down to but listen. The,
1: the, the word gringo, in, mm. in, at least in Mexico. I, I know like, that word. Yes. I feel <laughs> like in most Spanish-speaking countries it has an association with the U.S. Uh, as opposed to necessarily Europe. Correct me, people, in the comments uh, if you're from a Spanish-speaking country and that's not the case for you, um, but how is that word used in Brazil? Because I know it exists as well in, in Portuguese, um, but yes. it, what is the definition of gringo for you in Portuguese?
3: So, uh, for the Spanish-speaking community, if I'm not saying gringo, uh, it has like a, a pejorative connotation.
1: Here in, yeah. no. uh, in Brazil,
3: no. Here in Brazil, you call gringo just uh, a foreigner. So okay. every every person that is not from Brazil, you call it gringo. Oh, ah. uh, we, we have this beef with uh, Argentina and other Spanish, and we we call them boludos. But uh, <laughs> that, that's something. Uh, that's something. Uh, just. Uh, regional or something like that, but you normally call gringo, you say gringo in Brazil, gringo, yeah. uh, gringo. with like, yeah. uh, we say for every foreigner, so I had some gringos here that studied with me, I have some, I have a, a Spanish uh, colleague that studies with me in university, she's really cool, and yeah. everyone, everyone calls her gringo because she's from, uh, she's from Spain, she's not from Brazil, yeah, but so it, it's, quite, it's quite interesting because, um, I, I used to play games. I used to raid in World of Warcraft. And you normally raid with uh, Americans or Australians or so. And uh, I once said, oh, you guys gringos. And they were like, oh, what do you call me? And I was like, oh, did I say anything bad? And he said, oh, my wife is uh, Mexican. And she and she taught me that gringo has a, a pejorative um, yeah. connotation. I was like, oh, really?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And it was this, like... Really awkward situation, but then I, I needed to explain that in, my, in Brazil, it has yeah, a yeah. different connotation. But yeah, it's it's, it's okay. tricky.
1: Interesting. Maybe staying in the in the same vein of language, just uh, before we move on to maybe another topic. But um, someone asked, um, what are some of the differences, or what is your perspective as a Brazilian on? Portuguese from Portugal I've been to Portugal and I, I love languages so I've I watched a lot of YouTube videos about Portuguese from Brazil versus Portuguese uh, from Portugal and I know that they are quite different especially the, the accent but um, yeah. maybe yeah what are some of your thoughts on that um, I,
3: um, how can I say as Brazil is a colony um, when we were separated from Portugal, uh, we kind of started getting our own... Uh, of course, we had our own own identity in Portuguese, as every place that speaks Portuguese has, uh, has its own identity. But I feel like um, there are two separate things. Of course, they speak Portuguese, we can understand each other, but there are things that don't match. There are things that uh, you can be left out in the dark uh, when you hear it. And nowadays, it's becoming less prevalent in Portugal, even uh, the, the Portugal Portuguese, uh, especially in the younger generations they are watching lots, because of uh, globalization, YouTube and the access to internet, uh, Brazilian Portuguese is spreading really quickly it's winning. in Portugal, <laughs> wow. and it's winning over Portuguese, uh, uh, Portugal Portuguese. So yeah, they're, they're two different languages, they're the same language but different. Yeah, um, it, it's really cool. Uh, I love that because I'm enthusiastic in learning languages and everything. Uh, it's really cool for me to see that, and it's quite sad, uh, sadly, because uh, you see this loss of culture and everything. Like, it's one taking over another. I I, I, I don't like it, but yeah, it's what is happening. Uh, it's happening. It's it's an interesting dynamic. And of course, there is this difference that is quite noticeable when you start speaking the language. They have some stress, uh, yeah. some difference in stressed syllables. They have different words. They have false friends as well. Even the same language will have false friends between countries. I think. That, so. I think.
1: I think the best example. Of what I think is it harapinha? No. What? They, what do you, what's the word for like? I think they have a word for girl in Portugal that means like yeah. a, like a, it means a prostitute in Brazil. If i not mistaken. yes,
3: yes. You have this one. You have a guy. Uh, you say for instance uh, a small uh, a, ch- uh, a small bo- a boy uh, a children. Uh, you can call him a puto. In Portuguese, puto is preferred to <laughs> uh, you. You kind oh, of wow, guessed yeah. it. It has this uh, vulgar sense, and in, Port- in Portugal, Portuguese means just uh, a boy, just a, mm-hmm. a lad. Um, the the one from
1: uh, the word sleep from my tongue. I don't know the actual word, but it's like harapinha or something. Uh, no. Hmm. It doesn't matter in the end, but... Yeah, but but yeah,
3: there's this difference. Uh, you, we say here some words that, that they're like, wow, you really said that? And yeah, yes, it's a normal word. And they yeah. were like, no, that's so vulgar. And we're like, no. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's this big, this huge difference uh, in some words that can, of course, cause you a bit of trouble. But yeah. at the end, it's the same language, but different.
0: <laughs> it's interesting. I had no idea that Brazilian Portuguese is taking over.
3: Yes, That's, yes. I mean, it
0: makes sense because you guys are so much more. So, like, logically, yeah, <laughs> duh. But I just, like, never knew about that. That's really interesting.
3: Yes, it, it's, it's really interesting because um, in the beginning of YouTube, um, here in Brazil, we used to watch Portuguese YouTubers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we had kind of an influence of these Portuguese one growing mm-hmm. up. But then now the Portuguese younger generation are getting the Brazilian YouTubers, because of course there are many video, there are many more videos, they can do more mm-hmm. interesting things or I don't know. But uh it's quite taking over it. And I, I I've seen some uh Portuguese parents uh trying to block the the Brazilian YouTube channels in okay. Portugal okay. <laughs> because it was uh quite influencing their culture and their
0: language. Uh, uh, it's mm-hmm. quite
3: interesting <laughs> and funny. So-
0: what was that ever like with just regular media? So with movies and T V shows, are the two countries pretty separate or do you ever watch shows and movies from the other country?
3: No. Uh, we have uh, quite different uh media. Um okay. my English teacher is Portuguese and he says uh that like in Portugal we they have like um I like I would say European TV or mm-hmm. European shows and everything. Uh, one of the one of cool things they told, he told me that in Portugal, they almost do not have like, uh, dubbed uh, television shows and everything, films. They are most uh, with subtitles, which is quite interesting mm-hmm. because in Brazil, almost everything is dubbed. Okay. Um, so I think that's, that has quite a connection with our ability to learn uh, English and other languages. Um, because we are so used to trying to Brazilianize all content that comes to the country mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that it quite get, it quite gets uh out of the way but yeah uh t v shows here we have some uh we have of course the for children you have like the cartoon uh the cartoon um uh, channels uh the all the cartoon network okay. uh, and so on and uh on t v on regular t v you have like uh, we used to have one Spanish, uh, no, Spanish, no, uh, I think I it's Mexican or isn't uh, a, sp- a Spanish speaking uh, TV show which was quite popular. And, uh, it's quite old, but it's still quite popular. It's, Chavez? Uh, what's
1: it? de Locho, right? Chavez. Yes. Yeah, Here it's
3: Mexican. Just Chavez? Yes, it's Mexican. Oh, great. Yeah. Uh, Chavez, uh, Chapolin and so on. Uh, That was kind of on the normal TV. And of course, you have like TV shows and uh, uh, news and everything. Mm -hmm. But yeah, media here here, uh, in regards to films and TV series and everything, they were always dubbed uh, and we had like this Yes, it's really interesting. And we had like this huge influence from the American shows and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, That's quite how we influence.
0: That's very interesting also with the difference what you just said, because in Germany too, we're used to dubbing everything. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) (laughs) while um, for example in Scandinavian countries and also other European countries they're very much used to only watching the originals with subtitles and I think you can also see the difference there Um, Scandinavian countries for example are known for speaking very very good English while Germans also speak good English but it's just not Mm -hmm. nearly as good as people from Scandinavia and part of that is that that we just watch everything with a German dubbed version over it and we don't usually hear the original
1: and the Portuguese are actually known also, uh, at least that's something I've recently learned, that they're known for speaking mm-hmm. pretty good English uh, mm-hmm. in Europe as well. So it would make sense yeah. to kind of track yes. that theory.
0: Knowing that, that they also watch the originals, yeah, mm-hmm. 100%. Uh,
3: let me jam was kind of the interesting thing as well. Um, uh, your guys' uh, uh, alphabet is really similar to, Portuguese, to the Portuguese one. So we say A, B, C, D, E, F, G... Uh, we don't say "game," we say g. So okay. uh, it, it's pretty similar. Like it's just some bits and uh, bits bits and pieces that are different. Mm-hmm. But that was really useful. Uh, the way you guys pronounce the vowels and the letters are, are really easy for us to pick up too. Mm-hmm. Just the words that normally do not have any connection to Portuguese ones, because of right. of course the the difference in. Uh, uh, of the language as well, uh, like the, the linguistic the,
0: background, yeah. The, yeah, yes, the linguistic yeah.
3: background, background is different. But if you get it, if uh, if you try to learn it, I, I'm feeling like it's it's getting easier for me to learn uh, German than English. I don't know if I is because I've I've learned English beforehand and I'm now experiencing another language. But I'm feeling like it's a bit easier for me to learn uh, German than English.
0: That's cool to hear because most people obviously say that English is much, much easier than learning German. But with the pronunciation, I could see that because, like, from a complete outsider perspective, I don't really speak Spanish, right? I know a few words and that's it. I don't speak Portuguese and I don't really know that much about languages as Josh does. To me, Portuguese, like, I think to everyone, but um, to me, like, as a German, it always sounds more like Eastern European. So, I mean, everyone, I think, or most people, I think, know that even though there are similarities to spanish and romance languages it the pronunciation is so different and that's like kind of the main difference but it it just sounds like when i hear it i sometimes i can't even pinpoint where the language is from
1: i think also with with portuguese that's kind of what we were talking about too the difference between from portugal and and brazil is so significant i would say that it's mostly the People that you hear that are from Portugal that I associate more with Eastern Europe because they eat. That's a l- probably what I'm yeah, exactly used to hearing because yeah. <laughs> they eat a lot of the vowels. Like I think a good example is the mm-hmm. word for excellent. Is I, how would you say excellent? I, I, I you would say excelente, would say right?
3: I would say excelente here. Yeah, yes. in, in Portugal a a they a say
1: slench. The yeah, yeah. It's it's very different.
0: Yeah, that does sound more Eastern European, <laughs> Slavic, or something yeah. like that. Yeah,
1: but yeah, it's super interesting. So. In kind of preparation for this, I uh, for this interview, I was trying to get some more information about Brazil, and I remember there's one of my favorite shows um, on Netflix called Latin, or it's called Street Food Latin America, uh, and they do an episode in Salvador. Uh, I don't mm-hmm, know how mm-hmm. you guys pronounce it in Portuguese. Salvador, so, yeah, yeah, it's a it's a city in in Brazil. Bahia, yes, yeah, exactly. And they were going through a lot of the food and it looked delicious. I don't know any of it, but I can definitely recommend if you guys want to see some cool street food from Brazil. That's a great episode uh, on Netflix to watch. But one of our listeners asked, what is your favorite Brazilian food? Oh, my favorite
3: Brazilian food. Uh, That has to be feijoada. Okay. feijoada is, is, <laughs> is a typical when you say oh we're eating brazilian food people always try to make feijoada so it started with the slaves uh so here in brazil the slave culture is really present because of course uh it went on for quite a while uh it was only uh, up, uh finished in 1888 and uh it happened that feijoada is a, a typical dish that they did, and then it became part of our culture. So they used to get beans and every rest of and pieces and they they could find of meat or anything, and they would pour, they would put on the uh, together with the the beans, and they would make these really meaty and bony and everything uh, a combination. And we kind of got it. And there's two people that put everything they can find in the in the feijoada, but it's more typical for, for us here, especially in São Paulo to do like uh with only meat and sausages and uh all these these other uh kinds of meat. But it's it's really delicious. It's only bean uh, it's like black beans with uh pork, you can put some uh dried flesh and uh, you can do you can put some sausages and uh, pepperoni. You can go. You can put everything you want, and it's really typical from Brazilian to uh, for Brazilians to eat it. Um, uh, it's normal. You go to to a restaurant. You find uh, feijoada served. As they are serving feijoada. Uh, you can find it anywhere. And okay. my grandmother makes an amazing feijoada, so that's my favorite Brazilian <laughs> dish.
0: Cool, that's I'm going to have to look up a photo of it and put it on the YouTube version of the podcast.
3: <laughs> yes, normally that's what people think when they when they search for famous Brazilian food. Uh, mm. That's the one I like the most as well, so yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, it looks delicious.
3: <laughs> I'm so yes. hungry right, right now. <laughs> <laughs> There's some other things like really Brazilian So sodas. We have guarana, which is a uh, really typical soda from Brazil. It's made from... Uh, a fruit that's Brazilian, uh, it, it looks like an eye, hmm. uh, it's really creepy, but the, the drink is good, it's really, um, how can I say, I don't know how to describe the taste, but uh, What's it's really the color? Um, It's the color? The, the soda is, is um, I don't know how to describe the color as well, uh, it's, it's better for you guys to search it, and see, okay. because uh, me describing it won't do me any favors. But uh, you can see you I can see I the fruit that looks like a, an eye. It's really creepy. But the the drupi banana uh, antarctica is delicious.
1: It's another. Ah, it really mm. does look like an eye. Wow. Okay. Yes, yeah, it's creepy.
0: Wait, the fruit looks a little bit like a lychee.
1: <laughs> yeah, it looks a little bit like a lychee. But lychees are spiky normally, right?
0: Yes, they are.
1: Uh, wow, that's it. Does look like an but eye? But they that's...
0: also look like an eye on the inside, except they don't mm. have the. I mean, they they just have the white part. Um, mm-hmm. No, I've I, I've never seen that. It, the color looks a little bit just like—is it brownish? It's kind of hard to tell yeah, because the bottom. Like yeah, it it's looks just like apple juice or like ginger ale or something mm-hmm. like that. Maybe. Yes, apple juice.
3: Yes, it's like an apple juice color. Yes, if you guys find it, buy it. I recommend. I feel like you could recommend. probably
0: get that in Germany. I'm sh- I'm sure you could get it in the U S too because I feel like you can get everything yeah, in the, the U S. Yeah, exactly. We have this like big international store here in Cincinnati. But um, I know that in Germany, there's also um, a lot of Brazilians, expats and immigrants living there. And I know that more and more Brazilian culture is coming to um, Mm -hmm. Germany, right? So I'm sure you could find that somewhere.
3: Yeah, yeah. I, I've seen Maybe one not where I, I, I've seen uh, somewhere people posting like uh, they're eating acai a bowl of acai Acai oh, is uh, yeah. fruity
0: That's huge, yeah, yeah. That's it, become it's like an, this it's hipster thing Yes. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah.
0: One more thing, of course that's like a big export from Brazil is Caipirinha, right? Caipirinha, yeah. yes yeah. yeah. That was yeah. the complete German pronunciation but <laughs> I, when, when we like uh, prepared for the episode it said somewhere I think it was on Wikipedia, Josh Yeah I think it's something that you copied in the document uh-huh. and it said something like it's become the German national cocktail, yeah, exactly. which I wasn't aware of that. <laughs> Apparently, that's a thing. <laughs> but it's definitely a very popular cocktail in Germany, that's yeah, for sure.
1: At least according to Wikipedia, the Caparinha, Brazil's national drink, is now Germany's national cocktail. And Germany has become the top <laughs> importer of cachaça.
3: <laughs> Cachaça, yes. Yeah. It's yeah. made of sugar cane uh, Yes, <laughs> it, it's the national drink from Brazil, like the uh, the alcoholic beverage. Uh yeah. it's it's not a it's more a drink than a beverage. Uh. A beverage would be like a cervejas. Our our dr- our beers, uh, cervejas beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, beer. Our, our beers are not as tasty as the German ones. I've tried some. Uh, they're ours are bad, are, are horrible compared yeah. to the German. But people. I don't think it, I've so. ever
0: had Brazilian beer.
3: I, don't I do not recommend
0: I've it. I have like Asian beer, Mexican beer of course, but I've, I don't even know if I've ever heard of Brazilian beer, like never heard of like a brand or anything like that.
3: Yeah, you can try it. Like there's one Eisenbahn. It's really good. It's called
0: Eisenbahn? Like the yeah, German. Yeah, Eisenbahn, word.
3: yes, like the German word. It's like
0: really it's related really good. to our podcast, you mean because Eisenbahn is hey. train.
3: Train, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do not have an Eisenbahn here, but yes, uh, there's this one. That's the best one I for me, personally, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Uh, it's not as cheap as the other ones, but yes. I I, think I have some... Uh, I, I bought some... I don't know if I have an Eisemann here, but I went to the supermarket and they were selling like these paulana. Uh,
0: ah, okay. Uh, paulana? Yeah. yeah,
3: paulana. Yes. And I got this thing here. <laughs> I bought
1: oh,
0: yeah. okay. nice. <laughs> nice. You got money. a real mass <laughs> Yeah,
3: and the... Uh,
0: Okay,
1: that's something you don't really see in Germany, I feel like. Yep. But the first one you do.
0: Oh, you mean the yeah, big the big can? Yeah, the big can, the, I feel like. Yeah, so he just showed for those of you who are listening on the audio version, he showed us a one liter mask so a beer stein, one of those glass mugs that you see at Oktoberfest, and then um, a Paulana, which is a Munich brewery um, beer can.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but that that does surprise me a little bit that maybe the Brazilian beer isn't quite as good because there are so many Germans that immigrated to Brazil. Um, and th- that kind of, I mean, I guess in the U.S. we don't have the best beer. It's getting better with microbreweries, hyper <laughs> but in the U.S. we don't have the best beer either. And we had quite a few Germans. But um, I know that most of the Germans that moved to Brazil are more in the South, right? Yes, um, yes. But has there been a significant impact on general Brazilian culture, would you say, by those German communities? Or would you say it's more regional?
3: Uh, it's regional. It's for sure regional, yes. Uh, you have, for instance, Blumenau, which has the Oktoberfest, and all the south uh, in Rio Grande do Sul, which is the, the most south uh, state in Brazil, Santa Catarina and Paraná, which are mm-hmm. following up. There are the three states that, uh, the three states that, uh, that uh, constitute uh, the south in Brazil. We have south, southeast, center, northeast, and north. Uh, five regions, and the South region is is practically uh, impacted. Uh, it's mainly impacted by the German communities, mm-hmm. a bit from the Italian as well,
2: mm-hmm. uh,
3: due to the, of course, uh, when it ha- when happened the German unification and when the German unification happened and the Italian unification happened, uh, and when Brazil was um, when Brazil uh, separated from the colony, uh, it became an independent state. Uh, they were offering here. Uh, Land, mm-hmm. especially on the south, for for Germans and Italians and everyone in Europe that wanted to come to cultivate and um, to uh, to do this uh, familiar agriculture. Mm-hmm. Um, that was another trend, a quite bad one. But after uh, after the the end of slavery here in Brazil, uh, the government uh, implemented this eugenic uh, policy mm-hmm. um, to whiten. Uh, the population and they wanted a higher income of uh, Europeans to whiten the population. It's a, a sad part of the history but it's part of history. We need to address mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So uh, here in São Paulo uh, we have a lot of uh, Italian immigrants and more in the South we have Italian and mostly German immigrants. So that was quite a trend uh, in the past and you see still uh, a lot of um, influence in the culture of the South especially. Yes.
0: Is there like a specific way of how you can see the German influence? Is there like German words that people in the South use um, <laughs> yes. everywhere or like German food? Or how do you see that in the culture?
3: It's really, it's, I have one friend that he lived quite a bit uh, in the South. And he was once, uh, he's studying with me here in university. And he, mm-hmm. we went out and there was like this dish with sausages. And he said, oh, uh, this is a Wiener. And it was ah. like Vina, and he was like, "Yeah, we call it Vina." He in some he, say Salsicha. Uh-huh. they say Vina, and it was like, "Oh!" And then it clicked uh-huh. uh, the the connection with uh, Germany and everything. Uh, the Vina, uh, <laughs> the Vina was, yeah. uh, uh, and then there's some. Um, there are some places in the south I went to, uh, you can go and visit. Gramado is a really good pla- uh, really interesting site to visit. It's a city in Rio Grande do Sul. Uh, it's really just for tourism, but you see a lot of German, uh, German structures, uh, okay. like uh, the architecture. You see the, archite- the German architecture. Uh, there is even some... Uh, some uh, small villages or, or or cities in the south, especially in Rio so they only speak German, like their dialect of German, uh, Brazilianized, but they speak German. Yeah. Um, on food, is, uh, if you go to the south, you can uh, see some. Uh, we say uh, pork knee. I don't know how to say is the knee of the pork. Ah, uh, <laughs> uh, Schwein.
1: Uh, schwein wie, wie sagt man nochmal? Uh, Schweinshaxen, oder?
0: Schweinshaxe, yeah. I mean,
3: like a, like a, yeah,
1: uh-huh. like a pig knuckle. Yeah,
3: yeah. We have that strudelau. Um,
1: yeah, interesting.
3: Uh, yes, it's, it's an interesting uh, dynamic. As I said, Brazil is like a, a huge cauldron of cultures. Yeah, uh, we have like everything mixed, and that makes me happy. Like uh, everything is all together in one place. Yeah, uh, awesome. all Brazilian, nice, but it's really nice. Yes.
0: Yeah, About the language, what you just said, that's what I meant earlier when you said there's a uh, whole towns that just speak like a German dialect. Um, it even said, when we uh, researched a little bit, that all the German dialects together are the second most common first language in Brazil. That was a very complicated way to phrase <laughs> it. So, like, uh, Portuguese is obviously the first... Um, main or first just, language. Yeah, the most the main common languages. main language... The f- what most people have as their native language as their mother tongue and then apparently these German dialects are number two in Brazil so yes that's I can really see that
3: yeah I can yeah. see that because in Brazil you do not have like any communities or like they still uh, have their their main language their mother tongue mm-hmm. uh, not even as a dialect but uh the Italians have dispersed and they do not speak Italian anymore. You of course if you go to an old Granicus house you of course yeah. may hear some some expressions here and there, uh but you do not hear Italian at all. Uh English as well you do not hear English here at all. It's, in Sao Paulo you quite hear because of the, the huge companies and uh Sao Paulo is the the place to be when you want to work and have mm-hmm. this con- uh, this connection, thirteen million people living in only one city. So wow, it's a, that's crazy. It's <laughs> <a huge. laughs> yes, imagine I went from like two hundred. Thousand people to 30 million, so uh, it's a huge Ooh, gap. That's a big change. Nope. Yes. <laughs> that yeah. would be too
0: much for me, I think.
3: <laughs> I quite get okay. accustomed to it, but yeah. yeah. Um, and I can see that uh, the German dialect is the second most uh, spoken language here, of course, because they are like reunited and they kind of preserve the language. Mm-hmm. It's something really common in the South, they try to preserve their culture mm-hmm. and everything. It has even led to, one time, uh, almost a separation from the South from Brazil.
2: Wow. Oh, <laughs> they wa- they <laughs>
3: wanted independence because they said that they are uh, this one thing that they reunited and they are uh, this one thing different from Brazil uh but yeah they just with us
0: (laughs) oh that's crazy
3: (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) why is it always the south places like in germany it's bavaria that like is known for maybe wanting to separate in In the u.s US, like texas Texas, for example
1: (laughs) something about uh the warmer weather i guess who knows yeah, I don't but know I guess no. I, I was going to say actually, now colder, that I'm thinking about yes. it, the south of uh, the south of Brazil, Brazil would be colder. is colder. Yeah, True. yes, it's and really I
0: mean, colder. Even in Germany, you can't really say that it's that much warmer. In the True. South. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to ask you. Um, Actually, two questions that I'm sure a lot of our listeners, or kind of especially the Germans, really want to know. And the first one is, how do you or how does Brazil or how do Brazilians feel about the 2014 World Cup, um, I where saw you guys that lost, <laughs>
2: <I> <laughs> lost saw against Germany,
0: which was um, <laughs> historical because usually Brazil, if you guys don't follow soccer brazil is usually really really good in soccer and in the past germany has always lost and then in 2014 when germany actually won there was this one game it was like i don't know the semi-finals or something and we won seven to one against brazil and every german remembers this (laughs) even me who i don't even follow soccer so yeah question to you how do you guys feel about that have you recovered from it
3: It's even happened in Brazil, yes? Yes, just to rub it in. <laughs> it even happened in Brazil. So, in my defense, we, Neymar wasn't playing, so it was a huge <laughs> impact. But yeah, uh, we kind of recovered from it. It's still a joke here and there. People say, oh, 7-1, 7-1. <laughs> uh, it, it's really funny because it became a meme uh, of the narrator. There's this one big... Uh, uh, television company uh, Globo and it has this famous uh, narrator uh, Galvão Bueno and he's always uh, in the, in the <laughs> I was watching the game and he was like uh, another goal from Germany, another another one <laughs> in, in Portuguese, mais um mais um gol, mais um gol da Alemanha and like was, he was really getting sad and <laughs> but, but yeah, we kind of recovered from it I say there's still this car left but uh, you can guide, you guys can always poke on this car but we are kind of we kind of um, we got over it still yeah. trying to forget yeah we're start, 2014 man it feels like yesterday, but yes it's been like quite a it's
0: been quite, quite some a while. time uh, yeah it's crazy eight years ago yeah I mean I don't know that much about soccer, but I believe that was a 2002 or so. I mean, you probably wouldn't know cuz you're a little bit younger. Um, but I definitely know that we lost to Brazil in some crucial games as well. Oh. So to uh, like yeah, so we were already scarred and I think that's why it was such a huge for the German national team to actually beat Brazil because I think that hadn't happened in forever but of course I'm sure there's lots of soccer fans listening and watching so if I said something wrong please correct me in the comments on YouTube because I'm really not a soccer expert but I just remember that there was this one game and I thought I think it was like 2002 and my brother was like five or six years old and he's Uh huge into soccer and he cried his eyes out and I think it was against Brazil um, in the World Cup
1: that's actually kind of funny yeah. But yeah.
0: so I guess we're even another question that people of course asked and that a lot of people want to know about it's not quite as fun of a question but how, if you want to talk about it you don't have to, how do you feel about the election outcome? Ooh. now it's getting old. <laughs> I know you don't have Oof. to talk about it if you don't want to but I just know that people are wondering it's a big topic right now
3: yeah it is a big topic um, it has some strange outcomes uh, I would not expect that but uh, we haven't heard of our uh, president now anything about the elections. He's been quiet about it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something odd because you wouldn't expect it. Um, some bad things are happening as well. Some uh, really extreme uh, extreme things are happening. For instance, truckers are blocking roads mm-hmm. until they are told not to do so. Um when the election was happening, um, the po- the police was in the- because because like um, in Brazil, as I told you, we have like five regions. The northeast region is where most of our one of is the, like the the place where one of the candidates has most votes. It's like we say Cuiabá uh, Eleitoral, but yeah, it's the place that this one candidate, uh, Lula, has most of his votes. Mm-hmm. And the police there were blocking people from voting mm-hmm. because they wanted uh, Bolsonaro to win. Uh, the, the election was really tight, like the results were really close, was a yeah. really small margin of difference.
0: Like 1% but, or so, right? Yes, mm-hmm.
3: it was it Was this, this low of a difference. But yeah, it's really sad to see the reality. Like my mother was texting me; she was like, "Oh, they're blocking the road." I it was difficult for me. Yes, uh, she was texting. Yes, she said, "Oh, it was difficult for me to get home yesterday because people wouldn't let us go through." Mm. And it has always this negative impact. I feel like talking uh, talking politics in Brazil. It's always you pick sides. You're either one or other or, or the other. You never have an in between middle ground. You had people always think black and white they do not think grey kind
0: of like and in the US yeah
3: yes and if you do not uh, if you're not in accordance with that way of thinking you're the other one well yeah. you're not the other one but you're deemed as the other one mm-hmm. it's horrible it's horrible um, I hope for the best for Brazil I, I think that better days are here to come it's really sad the reality that of what's going on now uh, what happened as well uh, we had many deaths of COVID on, on this last uh, mm-hmm. mandate of our president he's um, just said like the reality um, the vaccines we had we had the vaccine uh, ready to go and uh, he didn't approve the vaccine to be produced uh, which was a huge loss of, of course not only income but of lives we lost many lives because of the um like this disregard to to science of our president still president even the amazon we had a huge loss in, um in the amazon rainforest mm-hmm. uh there was like this huge um, they, um because the expansion of the um, of the agriculture the agriculture in the center is towards the Amazon rainforest. Mm-hmm. So what they do is they burn down the rainforest to build uh, more fields and where they, co- they can grow crops and of course cultivate uh, cows and yeah. so on. So there was this huge loss of uh, biodiversity in the Amazon rainforest because of these uh, burns and the president allowed them to do so. Uh, he didn't block anything. Yeah, it's just it's just a sad reality, man. I I feel like I I, did, I didn't want it to happen. I didn't want. Of course, nobody wanted uh, the pandemic to happen, the pandemic to happen, but it did, and it swept away many lives and many people that didn't deserve that mm-hmm. outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, people that have uh, my father is a doctor. He he's a heart doctor, and he has many many patients with, still with problems um, from COVID. Like uh their, their their lungs had problems then led up to heart problems that led up to kidney problems. Yeah. And and the pres and the president did nothing. Like he didn't uh want to buy the vaccines. He said it was just a flu. Um there was corruption with the with the the respiratory um machines and everything. So I, I wish I could go back in time and I don't know really many happy moments because yeah. it's really a sad yeah. a sad reality.
1: Yeah, it's I, I was actually just listening to a podcast uh while I was on a run before uh, this this conversation and they were talking about how I think since Bolsonaro was in power uh some the land mass that was lost of the Amazon forest was equivalent to the state of Maryland in the US yes. which is crazy. <laughs> um but something that i learned also uh, that i thought was interesting not necessarily about politics in brazil but the way that the system works is that um voting is mandatory and that you have to pay a fine yes. if you don't vote i feel like that's uh, yes. that that's something that i mean in the us obviously isn't a thing and in germany either how how does is that something that i mean how big is the fine and do do people actually vote or do people yeah, I, I just um, thought that was such an, a foreign concept to me and I wanted to ask you about
2: true, it. True, yeah. Yes, yes, it's,
3: it's, it's really different. And um, so the fine is not that, that big. You, It's something you can really afford to pay. It's not like in the hundreds. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not in the hundreds. It's in the two-digit two uh, category. It's like, I don't know, 70 reais or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's something you can afford to pay but it's mandatory and in this past in this election we had like the results were were complicated Uh, we voted on the 30th so it was like two days ago Mm -hmm. Um, the amount of people voting was like the biggest since I, it's it's the biggest since like for quite a while Uh, I don't know since when but it's It's the biggest it has been for quite a while. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, You see a lot of disengagement of uh, people against Bolsonaro and people supporting him. Uh, That's why you see like this, uh, the outcome of the election, like this small percentage difference um, there was. Uh, But yeah, you don't need to to vote. You can pay a fine. You can also uh, like justificate your, um, your your vote absence. Uh, you can like go and you can write to them or go to the to the specific places and tell them oh I can't go vote I can go voting because um, I'm living abroad mm-hmm. um, I'm in another country I'm in another uh, state I can go back to mine and so on uh, you can always do that um, but, but yeah uh, it's mandatory you need to vote and it's it's also um, electronic. Yes, the voting is in an electronic. Uh, we say urn. It's in, uh, in an direct urn. translation is urn, uh, and it's this electronic device that computes votes quickly, and we have the result in the same day. like two hours after the they close the urns uh, is just uh, finished. Do you see the president or the governor or and so on? Yeah. But yeah, that's very that's interesting
1: voting.
0: Germany could yes, learn from the digitalization, at least.
3: <laughs> yes, that will help. <laughs> I see. Um, but yeah, um, you guys are really, really um, over. Uh, you guys are really in front of us, like in, in questions of politics and everything. Like both countries, I feel like, are more developed in these politics scenario, politic scenarios than Brazil. I feel really like still young and Dope, <laughs> but yeah. Um, I don't
1: know. The U.S. has had some uh, non non too great moments lately well. too. So you uh, like, Yo guys are,
3: are better off than us.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna leave it at that. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure many Germans would agree, disagree. Yeah, there's a lot to also criticize about the German system, but probably yeah. Overall, I'm sure we're definitely um a little bit better off in that regard. Should we move on to, like, one last more, like, happy topic yeah. before we wrap it up so that we don't have to leave yeah. it on this, like, controversial, serious yes. note? Um, so I'm sure a lot of our listeners um, and also maybe Josh and I ourselves would like to travel to Brazil at one point. And, of course, a lot of people um, have certain images of Brazil, like uh, Carnival, for example, uh, but also it's known for pretty being pretty dangerous Yes. And so basically my question would be you as a local, what would be your tips for someone who would want to visit Brazil? Where should they okay, go? So what should they keep in mind?
3: So when you come here to Brazil for, for traveling, uh, you have, of course, to plan your trip. I feel like that's mandatory. So um, yeah. the Amazon is a really good place to, to visit. Uh, there, The crime rates are not that high. But of yeah. course, you need always to to keep an eye on your phone, your purse, your, everything you have Mm -hmm. with you, always keep an eye on. Um, There's some dangerous, uh, there's some more dangerous uh, states than others. For instance, Rio de Janeiro is a well-known dangerous place. Um, uh, There's this huge uh, uh, separation between poverty and wealthiness uh, in, in in the Rio de Janeiro state. You go mm-hmm. to the, the sightseeing places, you see this discrepancy, this gap there There is uh, between the wealthy and the, the poor. And um, there are lots of uh, robbery and uh, there, there are lots of robbery happening there. So always keep your eye on your phones. Uh, if, if possible, do not take it with you. Um, really? Don't, l-
0: don't take your phone?
3: Yes, uh, you go, for instance, to carnival. Um, okay. There was, you go to carnival. You practically do not take your phone with you. If you go in a group, ask one person only to take their phone because uh, if you do, the chances of it getting robbed, uh, stolen is high. Uh, so, interesting. Yes, uh, it just happened. A party of my mm-hmm. university it's like a out of season carnival, mm-hmm. um, and. There were so many people that lost their phones Uh, and it's like just a small, uh, small sized carnival. Wow. And many people lost their phones. Uh, I have a friend of mine that lost, uh, he he was on, uh, there were three friends in the group of like 15 that took their phones and one of them lost their phone. So it's always uh, good to keep an eye on and plan uh, with the group you're you're in like to take the least things you can here you can always pay with your, your your credit card or anything you have. So it's not good to be walking around with money. Uh, it's another way of the the thieves to to, to get a, to get some some access to your money. Is so do not walk with money. I think in Germany you uh, you normally walk with money if you're in your wallet and everything. So here yeah. do yeah. not walk. Do not okay. with your your, your wallet um, with money in your wallet. Um and always be be careful always look in your your vicinity your surroundings, do not walk alone as well uh try always walk in groups, two or three people three people is ideal if you do not have three people walk with what you have, but ideally you want to go to walk with with people together, especially on those most dangerous places. If you go, for instance, to, as I, as I was speaking, the South Gramado, which is a really touristic uh, city and everything, there you can om- almost walk uh, without uh, any preoccupations on anything. You can walk with your phone and everything. Mm-hmm. But if you go to, to the beach, for instance, in Rio de Janeiro, there's these big beaches and these beautiful places and everything. Um, do not take your phone. Be always careful walking in groups um and um and yeah i think that's all um do, <laughs> do not take do not take, <laughs> do not take my, sorry. sorry i just was
1: gonna say Mateus, you're gonna be if you come to germany you're gonna be so surprised by how uh how people walk around with things and don't care at all like i just oh, really? i was thinking about just people going to the lakes here they'll leave their stuff on the shore while they go into the water oh. without thinking about it at all no way. <laughs> no way you do it,
3: no way. Uh I'm here in São Paulo. I live in like in this in the downtown area because it's close to the university. But my University is really like old and it's really cool. Uh it was founded it was it started in 1827, so uh, it's really old and everything. So the place was better in the past, mm-hmm. but nowadays it's a really dangerous place to be in. So I always try to go out. When I go out, I always try to get the least things I have. And mm-hmm. if I go with like valuable things, so my laptop or um, things that I need to take to class, I normally take an Uber. Uber rides here are really cheap.
1: Okay, interesting.
3: So That's good to uh, know for traveling. <laughs> yes, uh, I, this Spanish uh, friend of mine, as I told you, that's in my class, uh, she told me she was surprised when she was here because... Uber rides are so cheap, uh-huh. and they are like uh, an easy way for you to get around the city and places. Uh, exactly. And there's uh, there's an Uber ride, uh, there's a Uber driver everywhere you go, so okay. it's always a nice. Uh, here we have metro system as well; it's really good. Uh, but but also keep an eye when you you leave the place. I was robbed when I was leaving the station. Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. The guy was with, I I was going down the stairs. The guy was in the last step. Uh, he pointed a gun at me and said, oh, give me everything you have or I kill you here. So, not for, for beginners. Yeah. Is that uh, like where, a normal
0: thing that happens? Like, how many times have you been robbed in your life?
3: Uh, that's the first one.
0: Okay.
3: <laughs> and, and it only happened when I moved to Sao Paulo. So, okay. uh, in my my city uh, in Americana, which is in the more in the countryside. It happens, but not frequently. Here in São Paulo, you see a oh. lot of... Uh, oh, a cat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think my cat
0: decides that it's time to wrap it up now.
3: Hello, hello. But but yeah, um, you're, so if you're traveling here, always keep an eye on your things. Uh, walk around in groups, especially on those uh, most dangerous places. And yeah, you make sure to have a great time because you for sure find it here. Yeah. Uh, there are some some amazing places you can travel to, some amazing sites and. Oh just... yeah, for
0: sure. I mean, I think that's not a secret that Brazil is a yeah. beautiful, beautiful country to visit. It's definitely on my yes.
1: list of places to go. Hopefully soon. Oh, yeah. for sure.
3: I, I I absolutely recommend it. Uh, only the weather here you need to be prepared, especially when it's hot, when it's summer, it's really hot. In here. <laughs> so okay, yeah. always always be prepared, sunscreen on and
1: and then you're set up for success (laughs) yes awesome
0: cool sounds good as I said I think my cat is telling me that it's time to wrap it up she just jumped right in front of the camera and like jumped against the mic Um, yeah it was great talking to you thank you so much for all of your insight and for just messaging us on Instagram and telling us hey if you ever have any questions about Brazil I'm here to give you all the answers and I think you did that so yeah really really appreciate it. it it was really great meeting you
1: um, oh, and, yeah, yeah,
0: if our listeners have any follow-up questions for you, maybe they'll just put it in the YouTube comments, and I don't know if maybe you'd be um, available to respond to a few comments if they have any questions. Yeah, absolutely. You yes, I'll gladly do awesome.
3: that. Muito yeah, cool.
1: absolutely. Muito obrigado. <laughs>
3: Oh, eu agradeço, muito, muito obrigado Hopefully I could answer the questions uh, Specifically on uh, Especially on those uh, More sensitive topics uh, But yeah, you hopefully I could job. answer you the questions uh, And hopefully We had a great time uh, For me, yeah, I just had a great time uh, I could go on talking here for, <laughs> for Many, many hours to come But yeah, Same. appreciate it um, thank you so much for, for the space and the, the floor here to talk. And yeah, thank,
1: thank you. you. Well, thank you so much, Mateus, for your time and for all of the information that you gave us. Um, you, it was really fun to talk with you. Like we yes. said at the beginning of, of the episode, this is the first time that we've done this with a listener. So you never really exactly know what you're going to get yourself into. Um, and Feli and I, I think you can say as well, uh, both really enjoyed it. And it was a really yes. informative conversation and a fun conversation, too.
0: Very much so.
1: We hope that everyone else also enjoyed it. Uh, if you have any questions, like Feli mentioned, let us know in the in the comments on the YouTube channel, send us an email, message us on Instagram. And yeah, thank you guys for listening this week.
0: Yes. And all the links that Josh just mentioned are in the show notes or in the YouTube info box. Um, one thing that I would like to mention, because I think that that has kind of like not been mentioned enough, is that we switched from buymeacoffee.com over mm. to ko So it's K O hyphen fi.com slash understanding train station so if you want to leave us a tip you can do that there Um, and I mean you don't have to but if you would like to that's going to be the platform where you can also use PayPal because I know that a lot of Germans especially don't have credit cards and then they couldn't really use that other platform Mm -hmm. anymore but of course we really appreciate your guys' support we do take a lot of time that we invest into this podcast uh, which we love doing um, but it's also always great to be appreciated for it too and uh, maybe be able to at this Point by maybe a glühwein or two here and there in the future. <laughs>
1: yes, oh, <laughs> um, Christmas markers are coming soon.
0: Yeah, and I guess they're coming this year, right? Because last year uh, in Germany that wasn't really the case. Hopefully. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for your support. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Ma- Matthäus, Ma- Ma- not Matthäus, Matthäus, for being on the episode. And you guys will hear us again in two weeks on Thursday.
1: Obrigado. Cheers. Obrigado. Ciao.